You're listening to The Gay Pro, where we empower gay business professionals from any industry to love who they are and love what they do. I'm your host, Omar Alexis Ochoa. Let's get into it. In the business world, community has become somewhat of a buzzword lately. Depending on your industry, community might take on some different meanings. For companies selling products, a community might look like a Facebook group for skincare enthusiasts. For companies providing a service, a community might instead look like a group fitness forum organizing monthly in-person events. Although these are two largely different types of communities, more and more brands are realizing their power to build loyalty, expand word of mouth, and ultimately drive sales. But what are the different types of communities out there, and what does a successful one look like? Let's talk about that and explore the power of community. Ever since getting into NFTs this past summer, I've been increasingly curious about communities. But before going down that rabbit hole, which should probably be an episode in itself, let's talk about the basics. What is a community, and how are businesses implementing them? In short, a community is simply a group of people who have a particular interest or goal. But it's how they come to life that really differentiates them across industries and mediums. And so there are many different types of communities when it comes to the business sense of the word. Online communities are at the forefront of how brands are going to market in the world of community-based business. Although they may have an element of in-person interaction, much of how brands bring people together today involves online engagement and developing digital content as resources for their members to use as topics of conversation or even inspiration for new contributions. Much of what I'll focus on here today will be regarding online communities specifically. So what are the different types of communities out there? Experts like Greg Eisenberg, who is the founder of Late Checkout, and several other community-based businesses that have been acquired by companies like WeWork, say that there are ultimately two main types of online communities, those on either owned or unowned platforms. He talks about this in the Masters of Community podcast with David Spinks. Eisenberg says that when it comes to communities which exist on unowned platforms like Facebook groups, the opportunity for a business lies in, quote, looking at these cookie cutter solutions and thinking about what you can create for this particular group to make them feel at home. This is essentially the foundation of his current business, Late Checkout, which is focused on unbundling internet communities that exist on unowned platforms like Reddit and uncovering opportunities to design purpose-built platforms for them to live on instead. However, Greg Eisenberg tells David Spinks during this interview that he believes almost 75% of communities probably should live on existing platforms like Facebook. This is because the majority of online communities lack a distinct identity and are really more like audiences. It's this element of shared identity that makes the remaining 25% of online communities a valuable prospect for what Greg Eisenberg calls true community building. These are groups of people who identify as mothers and share parenting tips, or people who identify as survivors and support each other's struggles. Shared identity is what differentiates true communities. 
It's what turns a passive lurker into an active contributor. So what's the difference between an audience and a community? The lines tend to blur when talking about the 75% that Greg Eisenberg alluded to. David Spinks puts it clearly for us in his article on Medium, covering specifically the differences between the two. He sums it up as follows. An audience is one-to-many relationships, whereas a community is many-to-many relationships. He expands on this by saying that, quote, an audience is all focused on one central person or brand. I think many creators fall into this category. They're trying to build influence on unowned platforms like Instagram and YouTube as either entertainment personalities or influencers, speaking to many people at once within their audience. As David puts it, members of an audience are, quote, all listening to you, but they don't necessarily feel a common sense of belonging and shared identity with others who are also listening to you. Additionally, members of an audience are not often able to respond to what they're listening to. It's typically a one-way flow of brand communication, brand to audience, full stop. This is while members of a community are not only listening, but building relationships with one another and contributing new content to the community by way of two-way communication, not just with the brand, but with each other. Online communities are not only about consumption, but creation. This is the key difference between an audience and a community. In a community, brands may take a back seat to the communication going on amongst community members. In this way, communities truly are greater than the sum of their parts. As a result, I think they're less about the actual brand they might surround and more about the interpersonal connections that arise from the identity a brand curates. Therefore, brands play the role of facilitators in a community, not rulers. In playing the role of facilitator, this enables members to gain a voice of their own, a following and a sphere of influence in that community. This is scary for any brand because powerful community voices are a double-edged sword for large brands especially. When a community gives rise to an influential voice, there is no guarantee that this person will speak for your brand or against it. It's a natural part of the transparency that comes with building a community that a brand should encourage instead of censor. Not only does this allow you to learn from customers in real time, but it also helps you develop an image of authenticity, which is sort of the point of building a community in the first place. When done right, this can earn your brand the title of by the people, for the people. In my experience, however, I found that large brands are afraid of their brand's voice getting away from them. It's why messaging is carefully curated and undergoes several levels of review before ever seeing the light of day, and it's a huge part of what slows them down in a volatile business landscape and allows so-called ankle biters to eat away at their market share. Not only are these ankle biters smaller, but these startup brands are simply faster. They're unafraid to fail and they learn from their mistakes. As such, I find that larger brands are likely to stick to tried-and-true, unowned platforms, as it allows them to dip their toes into community without fully committing to it. So, what are some examples of large brands that have gone all-in on community? More than simply dipping their toes. Take Salesforce and their Trailblazer community, for example. 
Not only have they wrapped their training modules with gamified Trailblazer marketing, but they've created a massive flock of loyal customers who contribute to their overall support ecosystem for the Salesforce platform where we can see plain as day a real-time feed of user complaints, platform bugs, alongside an endless flow of user-generated how-to content. And yet, despite this seemingly ugly aspect of the Salesforce community that would make many brands run away, Salesforce sees a congregation of over 200,000 loyal customers every year at their annual Dreamforce conference who are sharing, learning, and celebrating with each other. Part of what makes the Trailblazer community so powerful for Salesforce as a company is the fact that it extends beyond the platform itself. By nature of Salesforce as a tool, it sees practical application across industries, providing a networking point of commonality for Dreamforce attendees every year. This is an ancillary benefit to being a Salesforce loyalist that doesn't immediately come with the subscription. It's only made possible by the enthusiasm of its users. It wasn't always obvious to the decision makers at Salesforce that community was a ripe opportunity for growth, though. At the beginning, community was still an abstract and unproven investment for Salesforce, and its returns were unclear. As Erica Kuhl, Vice President of Community at Salesforce, said in her 2019 keynote at the CMX Community Marketing Summit, being able to tie community value to business value is extremely difficult to do. And this is a sentiment many businesses probably share. During her keynote, Cool walks us through a phenomenal summary of client impact data that Salesforce compiled from its CRM metadata to understand the differences between clients that are engaged with the Trailblazer community and those who are not. She found that engaged clients have two and a half times the number of deals than unengaged clients. That is huge because it reflects the amount of platform adoption that ultimately leads to a larger pipeline for Salesforce clients as a direct result of their involvement in the community. But that's not it. Cool also shared that among engaged clients, they also saw two times larger deals than unengaged clients. This truly underscores the impact that community has not only on its members, but on Salesforce as an organization, which will certainly see more renewed contracts and increased referrals as a result of their client's success. In fact, Cool was also able to share that engaged clients are actually three times less likely to leave Salesforce when they are engaged as trailblazers. Salesforce isn't the only organization out there making waves in the world of community-based business. Every day, new and innovative businesses are cropping up and creating truly amazing experiences around their brands and earning the respect of its enthusiastic customers and supporters around the world. Developing a community around your brand may eventually become a strategic differentiator for your business that can pay back many-fold. Whether you're dipping your toes in unowned platforms like Facebook and Instagram, or seeking to become a mogul in unbundling opportunities for owned platforms like Greg Eisenberg, the results are clear. Community is the future of business and will only continue to grow as innovative web technologies make communication and collaboration easier and more ownable. What opportunities are awaiting you and how can you harness the power of community?
Thank you so much for listening. Again, my name is Amar Alexis, but you can call me Lex. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at OMRLXS and check out our website, thegaypro.com, for more queer content. Thank you.